welcome to episode 11 of series four of Cherry Jam. Uh, I'm joined this evening, so as myself, Ed Price, Russ Brooks and James Eastwood, also known as Snowy. And we are going to talk about lots and lots of rugby. There were lots, there was lots of rugby at the weekend. Most of it dreadful uh, from an English or Gloucester point of view. But there is a lot of stuff to talk about and we're going to crack on straight away with probably the most depressing, actually, surprisingly, bearing in Gloucester loss, which is England uh, and their defeat to Argentina. Um, let's do the positives first, though. Um, uh, Snowy, we'll go. We'll start with you. The positives were the results. Well, the result. uh, yeah, ex- excellent performances the, the performance. by the Gloucester contingent. Yeah, I thought the result and the performance was excellent. Yeah. From the team that I was mildly interested in, versus yeah. the one I had <laughs> yeah. Isn't it really depressing that there's three English people and we're all going kind of wanted Argentina to win? That's that, I mean, it? It, yeah, it often find it, you often find this from England, don't you? I think, especially if you're very much sort of club first, as we obviously mm. are, but also it's probably good for England that we get absolute hidings at the minute. It wasn't quite an absolute hiding, but it's like we're running out of time now to get in any sort of shape for the World Cup and that the side that he put out and the style of rugby they're trying to play is so far from something that's going to succeed in a World Cup that yeah I yeah I'd agree with you Snow if it was anyone else other than Eddie Jones who I just don't think cares. He's I think his... I'm pretty sure he was drunk at the end. <laughs> yeah. did, did you see it? Did you see his post match? I, I have seen the post match interview and, and I'll be honest, I understand where you're coming from. Probably for legal reasons we should say I don't think he was drunk, but he looked it, shall we say. Oh, it's just an opinion, yeah. He, yeah. he, he looked drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, but he looked Jeez. it. I mean, it wasn't just him. The, the, the interview from Farrell. Oh. oh, yeah, there's stuff to build on. Oh, it really... I mean, I I was really... Pl- so let's get the positive. Santi, I thought, was brilliant. Santi, superb. I, I just I want to see him play ten for Gloucester at some point. I yep. just I cannot imagine if with a full strength backline how much fun that could be to watch. With at least he, the the thing is I know we've said it on this podcast a million times before. It, it's awesome we've got him as a option at ten hundred percent because yeah. it's you need that backup and actually we've suddenly got a world yeah. class backup. I mean that that's one. awesome, but. We have to be playing him at fullback then because he's actually one of the best players on the entire pitch. Yes. So you can't take, you can't reduce his opportunities by putting him anywhere because he should be played in the best position you can put him in, first name on the team sheet, and then build players around him. Yeah, I agree. It, it, I, I'd, I'd like to see us get him in the 15 shirt consistently before yeah. that. But yeah, I was really yeah. pleased for him. But my experience of watching this was my wife was having a haircut around our Welsh friend's house so that was fun Mm. um whilst looking after our toddler who wanted to get into everything so you know the episode of the simpsons where homer can't get angry and he's slowly turning red (laughs) when Lisa tells him what happens he goes yes that's nice please excuse me that was my experience and nothing capped it off more than jack noel that Mr. Workhorse, the man who puts everything in for England, is all about his work ethic. Just watching Santi trot back over the line. It was, mm. I, I mean, I, I saw it at the time and didn't get too angry. But when you re, when you sent that thing, it is ridiculous because he's running across towards the spilt ball. It's like, he's I could running, have got that he? ball. He's well, you running. know, he's, he's ambling. He's ambling at best and, with and his hand he, kind of in the air going, 
Uh, the, the worst bit about that is there's also Farrell throwing his toys out the pram, going, it's a knock-on, it's a knock-on. Mm. And that's your captain and your vice captain just watching. And the only one who tracks back, and bless him, he is running in tree court, is Freddie Stewart, because he's way out of position. At least he tried. And I've seen people defend him, saying, oh, well, you know, he's captain. He should be doing that to get the rest of the time. No, he fucking shouldn't. He should be tracking back. It sets a... Pre- like someone said, he might not get there, but it puts an element of doubt in Santa's head. Stuart can trap. It was... Honestly, it was so lazy. And then the other things that were like, the last 10 minutes, it was penalty, penalty, penalty. It was swinging back yeah. and forth, wasn't it? England, in the last 10 minutes, conceded four consecutive penalties, which is mm. just... You yeah. Know. Well, the, there's a the other thing I say I noticed. I think it might have been Will Greenwood, and I know Will Greenwood is kind of of the same opinion as Clive Woodward on this. But last five minutes when we were in there, twenty-two, why the hell did no one set up for a drop goal? Because Snowy, I mean, I'll come to you quickly. This the whole idea is for this is surely these are the opportunities to put yourself into positions where. You might, it's not necessarily going to make a huge difference, but losing to Argentina at the end of the day in November 2022 is not going to make a difference to England in the World Cup. It isn't going to change anything. But winning with a last minute drop goal might because it gives them that muscle memory. I don't know about you, Snow. I I thought I was surprised we didn't at least attempt a drop goal. Well, I, I, I don't think that was out of the question in the way they set up. They were taking mm. penalties and they were playing conservative rugby to try and win a game at all costs as opposed to trying to experiment with anything. So I think it was more probably either just poor communication at the time or they just didn't feel like they were quite in the position or the setup wasn't right or something. So I'm not so worried about that, but it kind of it's another game where the result isn't important. But if you decide that the result's not important, then you need to have the performance to to justify it and the selection to justify it. So if if you're picking a team like that, you've then got to go and get the job done. No excuses. I'd argue the result is important for Argentina because they now know they can beat England. They can beat anyone. They can beat anyone. They've beaten the All Blacks. That game... I think it's our first game at the World Cup. It is absolutely... It's massive, isn't it? Because... It's gone from being one where you're thinking, well, we probably should win it to, ooh, I don't know. And if we lose that, then you're setting yourself up for a tricky run. And Argentina, let's be honest, we've shown our hand. I can't see us changing our game plan or strategy or style. And like you said, Ed, they, you had to win to get that psychological edge, that muscle memory. It puts, I'd say Argentina now know they've got nothing to lose going in that to that game and nothing to be afraid of because I cannot see how different our selection will be. You would, I, I, there, there, well, are, there are probably a few players to come in, but I just can't see it changing. Let, let, let's, we'll move on to selection then because I think that's an important aspect of it. I was surprised. Sorry, I shouldn't say it. I wasn't surprised by uh, Eddie Jones' conservative selection necessarily. Um, but when you look at the players that aren't any aren't in the squad for a stop, just the players aren't that aren't in the squad. Um, let's just to take let's take the current top try scorer and the tribe top try scorer of last year, Max Malins. He's not injured. He's he's fully fit. He scored another try for Saracens at the weekend. 
against Bristol. You're not in did the you squad. See, did you see Radrun's finish? Yeah, Radrun. Absolutely you know, ridiculous. World class. And yeah. he's, again, he's not injured. He's just out of favour. I, I don't understand what the reasoning behind not including Max Malins in the squad is. I just, I, I cannot grasp it. You talk about players in the squad. You talk about Joe Cock and a Finger, who is being played for a rubbish bath side. When was the last time he scored a try? I'm sure he put, I'm, I probably found out it was last week. But my, my point is, is, but it's not as if he's been, you know, uh, scoring tries left, right and centre. You then got Jack Narl, who's, as we've already highlighted, has been average and hasn't scored many tries and also hasn't got the pace and has never really had the pace as an international winger. Um, Henry Slade, who was original. I mean, I love Henry Slade. I think he's a fantastic player, but hasn't been in form for some time and was dropped out of the squad. And it's only because of injuries that he's come back in and into it. And yet now he's retaining his place in the squad. What about um, the, the likes of Marchant or um, uh Ollie Russell Lawrence. Collins, you know, you know. Th- th- these lads, these lads are playing out of their skin every week. I mean, in, and he's now picked Marcus Smith and then puts like the most sort of forward orientated back line. <laughs> yeah, and, well, there's, I mean, the there, be outside him exactly. So that's that, another thing on selections we talk about. I've seen it's the first time I've really seen it that actually people are now saying, look, Jones has got to pick his ten, and it's got to either be Marcus Smith or it's got to be Farrell. You can't have both. And I don't think it's clear to me that it doesn't work. Smith and Farrell doesn't work. No. Because because it, every time Smith gets the ball, he's looking for something outside him. He's looking for something it's that, you know, there. what's going to happen? What, you know, what, what can I... And, and Farrell is just... I, I mean, I haven't got a problem with it. If you want to play Farrell at 10, and he's your 10, that's fine. Don't, I, I, you know, but you can't have both of them. I think the, the frustration all around is that Argentina game... Like we said, I know he was withdrew for injury from Gloucester, but that was a game made to try someone like Val from a Gloucester perspective as well. Um, there was a few combinations they could have tried. That would have been a tough test. As it is, Japan, I thought, even if we lost, even if we won, you'd make a few changes. Because surely, yeah, yeah. if you're going to try anyone, that is the most depressing 25-man squad I've ever seen Eddie Jones pick. Ben Youngs, what are we going to learn by playing Ben fucking Youngs? You know, like Van Portfleet looks quite decent, to be fair. He came on, Van Portfleet, scored a try within 25 seconds and made our bat line look infinitely better, mainly because he wasn't taking five fucking steps every time and was getting the ball out quick. There's just nothing in that squad that is trying anything. What are we going to learn by playing Kyle Sinclair and Ellis Genge against Japan? Um... You know, yeah, you've I mean, got... I, I'm I not mean... even against him playing that sort of like. Well, I am, but if he wants, to, <laughs> if he wants to pick that squad, that's going to be like that. There's a game plan A, and that's it. And they're being stodgy, and they're going to grind out wins. And you need to pick that week in, week out, and they need to be absolutely dominating those one, yeah, two, exactly. three things that you're going to do well. Yeah, and putting teams away with you know winning twelve nine every week. They're, he's doing. 80% of that and then he's got Marcus Smith at 10 or he's yeah. they're doing something else oh, yeah. well it, it just doesn't make sense I, I, and the thing is is some of the young lads or the edge players he's bringing through like 
Joe Hayes is not the best tight head option. You know, there were players missing. Um, Alex Coles didn't stand out. Johnny Hill, I don't know how he gets near that. There are better second row options. In fact, he played one of the best second row options at fucking six when there are better options at six. Honestly, and I'm not, I know what I found funny, Ed, was I saw you tweeted about he needs to go. And I thought he needed to go a long time ago. And there are people still defending Eddie Jones Mm. going, oh, this will come good at the World Cup. I know what's going to happen at the World Cup. It happened last time. Someone big in that team is going to get injured. It will probably be Manu Tuolangi. And what will happen is he will turn around and go, well, the trouble is with being an England manager is there's not enough experience coming through. And it's like, yeah, you had four fucking years to blood them, didn't you, Eddie? Oh, no. That, what we've got is, like Snowy said, We've just got a very established mundane 23 and there it, are no it, options behind it's that. It's pointless day. in blooding anyone new or bringing anyone young through because yeah, he's gone at the end of the World Cup. That, so he's only got one yeah. thing to do, win the World Cup, forget everyone else. Yeah, But he's not going to win the World Cup, is he? That side is not beating France. That side, if Australia play like Australia played we will struggle to beat Australia. And I I didn't see a lot of rugby this weekend, but I'm really glad that I made the effort to watch Australia versus France because oh, totally it, was like palette, it was like a palate cleanser to the other dross that I saw this weekend. Well, that's it. The other thing is that we, we, he's not only playing that one way, but we can only play that one way. <laughs> mm. so, yeah. so stupid. So like, he's not even good at the one way that we're actually able to play. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean... I mean um, the, the the one thing so talking about the other games quickly um we go start with let's start with uh i, mean, I didn't see a huge amount of scotland fiji um i don't really care too much to be honest i mean scotland aren't going to get past the group stage probably so yeah, who cares um uh i mean it's a shame that adam hastings got injured uh, that was a hell of a hit mind on uh, on him by the um the fiji yeah, just, uh, just eight, for us sake it's not a long-term injury because i think he's still being assessed isn't he yeah it's concussion and it shows you how how serious concussion is in terms it's, of the the fact that he didn't hit yeah. his head either on the floor on or to the player that was just whiplash um yeah which is i sad. mean the one thing i'll say about scotland is fucking funny isn't it where they want to put finn russell out to pasture make and a then point they, and yeah. then as soon as as soon as hastings injured they're like um yeah uh, uh, oh, Finn, all's forgiven, mate. Come back. Come back. Also, the thing about the Finn Russell's thing is this obviously the number of people who see him as some sort of messiah. Scotland will still lose by 25 points against New Zealand. You know, they're, yeah, they're going to get because someone will run down his, Yeah, someone will run down his channel, he'll miss the chan- tackle, and then Hogg will miss the cover tackle. But... Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And then we talk about, let's, let's move on to the. Um, <laughs> Wales, New Zealand. Now, again, interestingly, I did see some Welsh uh, rugby uh, pundits and, and supporters suggesting that New Zealand might be there for the taking. You know, they've been a bit hit and miss over the autumn. This could be an opportunity for Wales. Um, I think it was the, it was, what was it, 50 points to 20 something? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't um, pretty, was it? No, and, and, and I'll be honest, it. it the only thing that did annoy me was the continuing going on about Ardi Surveyor's dummy. And when we all know the greatest dummy in the history of rugby was by Elias Fumanosopolo against Newport. My, my favourite thing from that game was Tom Shanklin after they leaked 50 points going with a straight face. That wasn't a bad Welsh performance. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other th- then then we'll move on to the... I mean, New Zealand looked very good. I have to be honest, they, they did look good. But again, Wales... 
under under Pivac is they're a very poor side. Um, I think someone put the stat out. They've only won four games out of the last like I mean, 12, 13. And, and three of those games are when the opposition were down to 14 men. <laughs> we moan about the England selections. There's a rod on these. Some of the players missing from that squad. I know they've a lot of injuries, but some of the players they're not picking are very weird. Yeah. Yeah, when you've got when you've got the selection issues that Wales do, you surely pick the strongest side. I mean, but anyway, it, yeah, it'll be interesting from an England uh, from a Gloucester perspective because it sounds like they might be trying Louis Rees-Samet at fifteen, which you know, who knows how it'll go. We yeah. played him there once and it wasn't great, was it? But he yeah. has learned a lot. So no, and then you've got um, then we have uh, Ireland, South Africa, um, which was dull as dishwater for about 55 minutes and then suddenly became an absolutely cracking game. Um, and I, you can, I can see Ireland, if they were playing these games next year and they were playing that performance, I could see Ireland getting really far in the tournament. However, Snowy, it's a year out to the World Cup and unfortunately Ireland keep doing this, don't they? Yeah, um... <laughs> That said, the, I think some of the trouble going into previous World Cups for Ireland is that they've had a pretty old squad by the time they've got to the World Cup. And I feel like this Ireland side have been really good for, for a period, but have actually gone a bit under the radar. Yeah. Um, compared to when it felt like we were seeing like Munster dominating in Europe and everyone knew all of those big Irish names. And it feels like they've got a youngish team that really well established. And I think they could well sort of do semi-finals or even final. Um, yeah. Especially I mean, when you look at the sort of form teams around the world, mm. the, the Southern Hemisphere are really struggling. Your France are sort of out on their own. You have to say France and Ireland are by quite a long shot, the two form sides in the world with Argentina potentially able to beat anyone on their day. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, there's not a huge... I think that I probably wouldn't say that they're struggling, but there's not a lot between... Uh, you know, you could... Equal, probably with the exception of England at the moment, based on their form, you could see every other team beating each other. I would say France and Ireland are, again, I agree, are, are a step above everybody at the moment. Um, New Zealand but, have got good enough players that they can... New Zealand have got... Yeah, yeah. and, and they're always yeah. going to be there or thereabouts, the, the aren't they? The thing with New Zealand, what they do, what they're good at, having bemoaned England, is there'll be players who'll come in who've had 20, 30 caps who won't bat an eyelid at that yeah. stage. And it, it's not until they get to the <clears throat> the quarters, the semis, that they'll be really tested. And what they what they do at that level, they just win, don't they? So they'll be there or thereabouts and not the team they were, though, were they? Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think they'll struggle in France as well as the other yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what... I, I can't see past France at the moment just based on that performance because I think it was you who tweeted, Ed, France, France are going to France this game. And, wow, what, could, what could a match-winning I... moment. Mm. You'll know this, Ed. Could France and Ireland meet in the final? Um, I think they could, but it requires... Assuming they both win their group. Yeah, I'll have to double-check that. I think they can. Um, the the key bit, I mean, the, really the key game, of course, is the fact that the first game of the, uh, of the World Cup is France-New Zealand, um, which is a hell of a way to start a World Cup. I um, mean, yeah. Uh, and, and that's going to probably determine a lot of it in, ter- in the fact that 
Um, you're going to see says which which side of the draw they go into. Yeah. yeah, which side of the draw they go into. I'm just looking now. So um, Ireland are in Pool B. New Zealand are in, and France are in Pool A. I think. Um, so you could, in theory, have uh, if yeah. So basically, if Ireland and or New Zealand. Uh, one of them wins the group and one of them finishes runners up, they would play each other in the quarterfinal. If they both win their group or both come second in their group, <coughs> they would play each other in the final. That's how the how it would work. That's really unlikely, isn't it? So I, I would expect, I mean, you look at the, so it's New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, Namibia, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, Romania. Well, maybe so you could you could see you can see it kind of both ways, couldn't you? You can I could see Ireland or New Zealand potentially not winning their groups, still qualifying. Um, that's that's more than a possibility because you can see yeah, France beating I, New Zealand and you can see South Africa beating Ireland or vice versa. I think France France at home you would fancy them wouldn't mm. you with that crowd because i think they know how important that game is they've got to start on a high i mean it's going to be a hell of a game that you would yeah. have thought south africa island is the one i think could go either way i think it really depends on how what south africa turn up doesn't it mm. um that, that's that's well, you're right exactly um uh, nice to see Razzy Razzy uh, back to his old ways and oh, moaning the referees as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I liked that. Was, video. It was the most video was brilliant because he managed to show three penalties from South Africa in the first yeah, five the net seconds. Roll. The it net was roll. the most unsettled <laughs> video ever, wasn't it? Because I, I mean, I saw it and at first it looks a clear forward pass, but like someone pointed out, it's a gif with a shit angle. It's yeah. not. There's nothing obvious in that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I, I still think Australia looked good in that game, and I think mm. they've got a few one-off performances in them. I'd worry, you know, they they make it to the quarters. I think they could give it if they've got nothing to lose. I mean, talked about Peno's try, which was ridiculous. I mean, he got absolutely skinned by Wright at the start, didn't he? There, oh, there's their a hell try of a, two, one of the two, best two tries. Herb tries the Australian try and the and the French try were fantastic. Going back to the World Cup groups just quickly. Um, so this Group C is Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and then the final qualifier winner, uh, which is just on a quick note, is between it's going to be between USA, Portugal. Hong Kong and Kenya, but on the basis of Kenya and Hong Kong both got thumped, it's basically between Portugal and USA. Whoever wins that game is yeah. going to qualify talk, for the World Cup. As Jim's not here, and I know he's very passionate about this, should we talk about the USA-Kenya clear-out? Oh, yeah, the USA-Kenya clear-out is utterly disgraceful. How is that not a, uh, a, a straight red? I don't know. Also, the fact that the Kenyan winger who played for Northampton has now been kind of sacked and ceremoniously, or not sacked, I suppose, but he's been kind of dropped, let dro let go by Northampton because of um, visa issues, which is very odd. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not entirely sure because he's not of a certain tier nation. Um, by playing for Kenya, it meant that Northampton couldn't, um, he couldn't play for Northampton anymore, which is kind of odd. Oh. Uh, and then obviously then the final group is England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa and Chile. Um which so and the winners I should say the winner of pool of pool D will play the runner up of pool C and vice versa. So England, if they were to qualify from the group, which I still I am confident they will do, um, they would play either probably either Wales or Australia um, in the quarterfinal, which would be fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, 
anyway, I, I mean, I think let, let's be honest. We we were all it was it was an interesting weekend of rugby from a international point of view. Some probably pointers towards the World Cup, um, and as we kind of mentioned earlier, that the 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 squad that Eddie Jones has announced for the Japan game is just a joke. I mean, what as you said, what are you going to learn from it? Snowy, I totally understand your point about if we're going to play that type of rugby. You've got to get the guys kind of like really on board with that style of rugby. But when you've got a back line potentially of um, other than Freddie Stewart and um, uh, Marcus Smith, a Ben Young's Farrell, Tuolangi and wingers of Nowell and Cochrane Thinger, God help us all. I mean, at least hopefully May might be back. I mean, People that might... say, what a great finish from rocking a singer. Well, yeah, that's what you're going to get from a flanker running in from the back line. Of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, I think there was one particular, I did notice one particular tweet, which was, it was a video of Marcus Smith. I think it was just before actually the, the try. I think it's what led to the try eventually, where uh, the ball was at the back of a mall or off the line out and Smith had spotted the space in behind, called for um, uh, Youngs to kick it, went in, caught Santi and took him over the line. You look at the cent- the two centres uh, and Farrell, uh, sorry, two centres and uh, the fullback who were all lined up like 10 yards back, mm. 10 metres back, nowhere near, like uh, God knows what they were expecting or trying to do, but none of them anticipated of it. None of them even moved when Smith went through. And, and the, I think the, that... the chase on Santi's try was even worse, wasn't it? Well, we were just Jack, saying that Jack, Jack, yeah, Jack, Jack Nall didn't bother, did he? I mean, it's just <sighs> absolute joke. Um, and I, I mean, that for me would be an instant, right? You ain't in the squad ever again, mate. I yeah. can kind of answer Farrell not tracking back. No, fa- Farrell wasn't in the position to no. do anyway. But no. now, 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 now was that is absolutely criminal. You wouldn't get away with that at the level we played rugby. No. If you, if your coach saw you doing that, you'd be off. Um, it, it's, it's not schoolboy stuff. Play the whistle, it is. isn't it? Yeah. It is. You know, plays the whistle. But even that, even if the whistle goes, you still chase the bastard, don't you? I mean, it's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry, we could rant all day about that. Um, we're going to pause now. Come back in a, in a second. We're going to talk about the um, the Gloucester game because that's a barrel of laughs as well. And actually, the kind of the the the, the wider point about Premiership rugby during a, an international break, I suppose. Uh, and then looking forward to actually um, this weekend, we've got women's World Cup final which England are in and also the Gloucester game against Newcastle Hi this is Santi Osino and you're listening to the Cherry Jam podcast Right um, Gloucester played Sale on Saturday um, before all the internationals kind of really kicked off at one o'clock um, I, you know full disclosure I only saw probably about 55 minutes of it Um Lucky but fucker. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, I saw the bad fifty-five minutes. I think of the of Ooh. it from what I can get, get from what I could gather of the the stuff I didn't see. Um, kind of views on it, Snowy. Again, I'll start with you. Your views on the Gloucester game and kind of yeah. I mean, of course, that how we set up to start with is the big talking point because we basically had no backs available, and that is yes. a pretty tricky situation to be in. Even though we feel like we have a forward dominated game plan and we can do things without using our backs a bit. I think the the commentary team made the good point that this season we are starting to play more rugby and we're not able, we're not choosing to or able to fully rely on our rolling ball in the same way. And 
I think our game plan then was a bit too negative because we said, right, we're going to go back to last season's rugby and we're going to kick the ball away, defend well, and then whenever we get penalties, we're going to set up a mall and score exclusively from the mall. And it was a bit too one-directional and it was quite easy for sale. Now, the other thing, the other way of looking at the game is that we were crap for 10 minutes and after 10 minutes, we won the game. Yeah. Um, so that, but you know, that's not how rugby works. It's played yeah. over 80 minutes and we're already 14 points down. Um, and that start just wasn't good enough, really. It, yeah. it does. It's, it's, I mean, I didn't expect us to get anything from the game. I'll be honest with, with the backline changes. It's very difficult to make, have that much disruption and sort of have any cohesiveness. But I do think that when we're not playing very open heads up rugby and we revert back to that type, we're not very good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very robotic and predictable, isn't it? And I think, mm. I think you touched on some very good points, Snow. What worries, what worried me in that game, <clears throat> and you can take the backs out from this. The more, unsurprisingly, teams know what we're bringing to the table with the more, and yeah. the more got stopped very, not very easily, but that Sale had done their homework, haven't they? Which. Let's be honest, if, if anyone is going to put some time and effort into studying and, uh, our tactics and break it down, is Sanderson. Comes from a Saris back where he's very good at building a good defensive team to counter a system. And we didn't have any answers for that. And that's not down to that back line because that was pretty much a full-strength pack. And Loz has made this point for a while. And that game, it really frustrated me. Loz was like, take the free take the free, take the free. And we kept turning it down. And I understand what our game is about. It's about building pressure, going to the corner and being clinical. So the first few, kind of forgivable, but this goes back to your point about heads up rugby. So someone needed to go, more's not working. Let's get some points. Because I think we turned down at least three kickable penalties. If we'd have kicked at least two of them, we'd have left that game. Again, like you, I didn't expect anything. We'd have left that game with one losing bonus point. And, Ed, you were saying, you made a good point about well, you, you build, their team are looking to build pressure. And I understand that. Nothing builds pressure more than the scoreboard. And, you know, if we'd taken a few early kicks, you go 8-0 up or like the 14-9, it's a bit different to sales mindset. And I saw a lot of complaints about the ref. And that is one thing I didn't think he impacted on the game. But if, if you keep conceding and it's costing you points, you've got to be honest about what you're doing down there. And then that allows you to chase that fourth try a little bit more. It could, we could have got two points out of that game. And it's my concern is our inability to manage games and use the scoreboard to build pressure. We, we need to revert from plan B. And as good as we were against Exeter, where we made the right decisions, it felt worse this a big step backwards and that's before we even get on to the chip over the top box kick whatever the hell they were in the 20 yeah that was a, that was a ton of dark return wasn't it oh. so a couple of years ago where we started you know kicking the ball kicking the ball away in the opposition 22 when you haven't got a penalty advantage unless it's unless it's an absolute almost given 
I don't understand. I mean, yeah. kick pass, yeah. you know, kick pass to the side. I can't even understand. But the, uh, chips the sale, under, yeah. the sale Twitter were taking a piss out of us, saying, "Oh, yeah. Gloucester have tried another kick over that didn't work." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, yeah. that's it's that's like, bad. When, when when the opposition Twitter are taking the mick out of you for that, it is and, and my my favourite response from management ever which is always a golden one, which is, it's the right thing to do. We just didn't execute it well. Mm. Yeah. It's well, if you not. can't execute it, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it, no. I mean, it's <laughs> such a good point though, Ed, as well, because the way advantage works now, if you get a penalty in the 22... You've got to score, basically. Yeah, yeah that's you've the only got way to that... score for advantage to be over. Yeah. So why not just, just, like you said, just wait? You know, it doesn't matter unless it's a drop, unless it's like a clear snap drop goal and you can get the free and get out of there. Then sometimes that's understandable, but mm. it just, there was no sense to it. That's what frustrates me. You know, we can't do anything about the back situation we're in with our back line. So that you kind of take it away. It's very hard for a back line to play together well when they haven't played at all this season. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's part of the, sh- yeah. That's that, the there's, issue. There's nothing you can do there, but you can manage a game better. You can build a school, but and and someone at some point has to accept that the mall doesn't always work because teams quite rightly have identified it as at a very strong weapon for us. Mm. And now we're either going to have to adapt or improve upon it, or we're going to have to go to other areas. And at the moment, like Snow says, with that back line as it is, you're not really going to get a lot of change out of that back line doing anything different. So it's on the mall, it's got to adapt, or we've got to kick our goals. Yeah, I think that the, the, the it, it's one of those things. I didn't feel... I did see some people on Twitter and, and social media. I mean, Gloss is my home is 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 the king of is the the greatest place in the world if you want over um, overreactions. Um, some people really, really downbeat and disheartened, and I, I couldn't be really because you know realistically, well, would we normally play that many players um, who are not our first choice backline? Together, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with any of those players coming in to replace, our, I will say, our, let's say our strongest backline. You know, that um, that's that's not a problem. It's the fact that you have to play them all together. That wouldn't normally happen in a premiership game. You might see that in a premiership cup game. You might see that in a challenge cup game. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't expect to see that backline line up against you know in a premiership game no. so and i think that's why i wasn't too disheartened i felt slightly frustrated but i think the defense was poor at times I, but again as we said the whole reason why these systems work is because it's familiarity yeah you know against exeter we talk about the santi carreras and the chris harris how they they work together to force the um to force the error from exeter to then that allowed us to score off off first phase um uh, and things like that because the players on Saturday haven't had that familiarity, have maybe only had a week's train, even training together, you wouldn't necessarily train those some same combinations. It means that those that trust, that that knowledge that the guy on your inside is going to be there isn't quite there. So you then say, I'm gonna step in just to make sure. And that creates a gap outside. It's all these little little things that you you know, if it goes well and you get and you say you build those points as we said earlier, Russ, if it goes well and you can maybe ride out the storm um you know these guys are still good enough to play professional yeah. rugby and premiership rugby it's just you're putting yourself at a massive disadvantage from the kickoff i i completely agree i'm not 
too downhearted. I like I said, I'm frustrated. There, there are concerns from there. Like I said, it's about our game management and that we've got to learn lessons from. Because there'll be some key end of the season where we're in a tight game and we, we've got to back ourselves to get them all and you've got to deliver always do you take the free. And I, I just want to see us be more clinical. And because you saw it, France, Australia, both sides were not afraid to go. We just need to build points pressure. So that there, there were some good points. I thought Morris took his try superbly. Oh, yeah, brilliant. He brilliant looks very that. bright. Ellington was good again, got some big turnovers. So there's some good points. The one thing I would say about the back line is there's a certain person and he's in the room who did bang on about this concern of our of internationals with the team we've had. And we've given the management a lot of praise lately. So, but that is still a concern for me that we must have known for a while that there would come a time where we were going to lose these guys. And I do feel like we should have given a few of them some opportunity. Like we should have tried Lloyd Evans at 10 for a few times in a game and so on, because it is very different to where he's been playing. And hindsight's an exact science on that. And it is really hard because, well, is it tonight? Is like the first United game in God knows how long. Uh, it's it is a tricky one because yeah. ten. Uh, well, we've obviously lost Atkinson. Now I know he's actually been close to the England setup, yeah. but we mm. we we didn't imagine he would be close to the England setup. So we yeah. thought he'd be a consistent. And at ten, it looked like Barton was really going to come through, which hasn't happened. So I think we've been a little bit unlucky as well in some of the exposure in the back line. Um, the Argentinians generally you get more value out of them even though they're internationals because you're paying them so much less for the quality of player that you're getting so there's all these different things you have to wear it's, yeah. it's also the argentinians i think so the, the i agree the argentinians are, are probably outside of the others because mm-hmm. we only lose them really for a, a narrow period of time at the beginning of the season where yeah, actually we'll you can kind of yes. you can kind of get away with to a point uh, results at the beginning of the season. It's the it, what normally happens is when it kind of comes on to the the stupidity of all of this in the first place. I mean, I mean, internationals and Premiership games at the same time. But the Six Nations is the big leveler because it means the clubs that are like Gloucester who haven't got that many players in the Six Nations squads. I mean, we lose Harris, we <coughs> lose Hastings, probably uh, Reece Zanet, yeah, um, and possibly then... May. May, yeah, I'd probably say May of that. They're probably that's probably it. Kevin's Ladzi, I suppose, depending on how much they re- Georgia really want him on the basis they qualify for the World Cup. So, which is kind of their big focus is qualifying for the World Cup. Um, you know, we're not going to we're not going to lose these players in the, in in the spring. Whereas someone like Saracens, Leicester, Exeter, uh, Bristol, going to lose quite a sizable number of players. Um, and so that that does have that has a big impact. Um, the Argentinian players, we get them all the way through the spring um, and allows us to build through. But the stupidity of, as we say, is the fact that it's, why the it's, hell have yeah. you got international rugby it's, and it's, premiership rugby at the same the time? League, the league structure is a problem because the snow, you talk about Barton and it's a valid thing. He hasn't come through. But when has he had time to have game time to show he can play at that level and I appreciate you know training is one thing but he's got to have opportunities now he can only cover 10 so he quite often won't get bench time will he so what he needs is opportunities to play and he's not the only one that's the first time we've seen Seabrook all season Um, Moyle hasn't had much game time and it's almost like the sensible thing to do would be to have the Premiership Cup 
during the autumn internationals and during the six nations so these guys who aren't away get some opportunity to play because at the moment these guys don't get a chance to play and i understand i, I, I agree, I agree with that in, i agree with that in principle but it's 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 not a different playing field for us versus every other club. So no, no, it's the, not at to all. To do this well is... in it, you have to balance that recruitment I, I, I... versus blooding players, and that's mm. like that's part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, we probably, I think we have been a bit unlucky in the backs, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that I, is ridiculous. Uh, we lose an entire agree. back line. It, 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 that it, is it's... odd. Because it's yeah. not just internationals; it's then that the guys that would normally come in to fill them in are injured, or there's another reason why we haven't been able to pick them. But mm. no, yeah, my frustration is in the general development. In, it, this isn't aimed at Gloucester. It's you know, someone did. How do you get your next Marcus Smith? How do you get your next Don Brand? You, you these young lads need time yeah. to play, and at the moment, there's no real A League structure. The Premiership Cups a joke because some teams would use it for what it is for. Yeah. Some teams won't. You know, there is no opportunity to play these guys. And and like I said, I fully understand why Gloucester don't want to risk playing Barton in a big game when you've got Hastings there who you know what you're getting. It's it's really hard as a club because there's so much riding on it at the moment to say mm. we're going to risk, you know, squad rotation in rugby is a lot harder to do. Yeah. In, and then how football. do you do it? Because I think the the reason they went away from like just having united fixtures and or even arranging your own fixtures is that the clubs generally think it's not worth the money yeah because it's quite expensive yeah, to exactly. actually take part in those games <laughs> so the clubs don't even want to want those players playing and i think that's why in the past we've tested the sort of dual um contract thing with the championship clubs they're playing that way and yeah. no one's really found an answer to give give those players no, they haven't game time. Uh, yeah absolutely it's just a weird situation in general isn't it like 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 you said Ed, just again we bemoans not fixing the calendar and the structure but at the moment it must be really hard to be a young lad playing rugby to get yeah. that breakthrough get that game time. the one thing i did see yeah sorry russ yeah go on go on no, 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 that, that was the end of my yeah. point, sorry. Okay. <laughs> the one thing I did see, it was an, exa- it was an interesting idea, and I, I don't, I, I, it's one of those ideas that sounds great. I'm sure there are massive drawbacks to it, but I, I was thinking this probably would be the solution if the RFU and the Premiership do decide that they're going to basically ring fence down from the Championship. And that is to do what they kind of started to do in Scottish football. It's been something that they've done in uh, Spanish football and Italian football for years, which is you play the academy sides or B sides or however you want to describe them in the lower divisions. So, for example, um, let's say um, you could have, you know, you you put Gloucester might decide we're going to have a B team or Gloucester Academy team or Gloucester United team. They are part of the club but they're going to play in division three or something like that. Now you could, because there's only technically 12 premiership teams or 10 premiership teams, however you want to do it. um, You could, you could say that if you are a member of the premiership, you are allowed a secondary side that can play in either the, you know, the division four or whatever level four, where it goes regional. So Gloucester, you know, Gloucester could be playing against like the case, like Dings and people like that. Um, that might be one solution. Um, the other solution, of course, is to have a just a, a distinctive a comp, a league competition, which could be a uh, you know you get the championship clubs involved, and so it's the championship clubs 
the uni the United or B fixtures or Academy fixtures, and that's the competition. Separate competition. That way that the Premiership clubs aren't going to be screwed over in terms of they've got to play all these kids all the time, but they do get an actual competition they can play throughout in the, throughout the year um, and do it that way. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, I can see it. I think one of the advantages of that, um, one of the advantages of that is the club still retains ownership of those players, don't they? And you can have a yeah. say, because that's always a difficulty with loans, isn't it? You mm. you can't necessarily dictate where those players tra play, what positions they're playing in, how long game time they're going to get. You know, the game management is a bit out of your hands a little bit. So it is certainly, it's, it's yet another thing that we've we're like been pulling out loads of these. It feels like rugby's got a lot of things to work through at the moment. And it, like Snowy says, there's there's no answer to it. That that seems as good an option as as any, I guess. To, to something needs to be done to try yeah. and sort the assay, really. Um, the the final thing on the club scene, I just wanted to touch on, which is that um, Gloucester will be getting a European shirt. But, I mean, they didn't answer my tweet, but I found out because I'm a season to go older uh, that there's going to be a European night on the 30th of November. Uh, a bit of a, a question and answer with George Kivington, uh, Lewis Ludlow and some others. I think Alex Brown. Um, and uh, they're going to also debut the European shirt. So um, let's all hope for something really, really garish. Do you reckon they have to have a European shirt? I don't think they do, but I... I'd be surprised if you even make the money back Make the investment money well, back. Well, they made the money back on last year. Oh, that's well, for yeah, sure. I mean, they, yeah, exactly. Give it away yeah. at the end. I mean, the, the, the key the key with it is the problem they've got with any European shirt, it has to be, well, surely has to be uh, diverse enough that it doesn't matter who you play, that you can play that European shirt home or away, right? That's that's So it's got to be pretty out there. And, of course, Gloucester picked a blooming uh, European shirt where two of the teams play in two, with t two of the three colours they chose in Lyon and Newport. So that went really well. But... um. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be an interesting show. I, I, I think, I, I think something garish would be good, like bright I mean, yellow yeah. or bright orange or something I crazy. Know. Just go, go crazy with it. You know, you might it can't as well. be uglier than last season's color. Well, no, yeah, but I, I think you're right, though, Ed. You, you know, it, it, you want to appeal to, like Snow said, it's probably a bit of a lost leader, isn't it? You're not going to yeah. make massive. So do something that would attract those people who are not interested in buying it normally. Mm. I remember like Stad from Say's old. Oh yeah, fantastic one. Superb, weren't they? I, I remember having the pop art one just because mm. I thought like, that's ridiculous. I, want I had the one with lilies. Yeah. I, it, 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 so you just appeal to those people who might not necessarily buy. You pretty much know, however much Gloucester fans moan about the home shirt, people are going to buy it. Yeah. You know, it's a given, isn't it? The away shirt, well, pretty yeah. <laughs> similar, but don't make it exactly the same as last year's, maybe. But yeah, I think you've got to do something just a bit different with it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, it'd be interesting. But the other part of it is, other than the fact that it's a European shirt debut, is going to be, um, I'm interested to see how serious we take it this year. Because I think we obviously got to, uh, the knockout stages of the Challenge Cup last year and maybe were surprised by how serious the French teams took uh, took it. This is the Champions Cup. It's very different. They're going to take it as seriously as possibly can. It's all probably going to come down to that first game, Bordeaux at home. I, 
yeah, we, we talked about this before, didn't we? I, mm. I think the one thing we've got with this with this season is it helps that that Bordeaux game at home is mm. it is a home game. I don't want to throw the cliches out about the French don't travel well, but you 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 think that if we win that game, you go to Leinster. Leinster's a bit of a free hit, isn't it? Mm. I'm not. I'm certainly not expecting us to get anything in Leinster, but you come away from that with a bonus point. So if you somehow got four points. Or five points, five yeah. Points you get five have, points out of the first two games. Five points. You're in with a shot. So the one thing I'd say is, I, you know, I want that game at home to Leinster to be absolutely massive. It could be one of the biggest games we've had for a while. Yeah. But you kind of know where you stand by then, don't you? Mm. And so we'll, we'll see how much effort we invest. I think if we lose that game at, at home to Bordeaux, We'll probably fuck the whole thing off, wouldn't we? Because you know yeah. we're not going to get through. And we haven't, I, as we've discussed, we haven't got the squad to stretch. It, to... it will be interesting. I think what will be interesting because obviously I'm going to Bordeaux, which is going to be the last week of this. That's the last game of yeah. the group stage for us. Um, and I'm under no illusions that if we've if we've lost the first two games and then we've got to try and get something from Leinster, that's at, at home. That's going to be a big ask. But what would be nice would be going into that game away at Bordeaux maybe either have already qualified pretty much already qualified or only needing a point or something like that where yeah, you basically you can exactly. see you can see the the, the sort of chances of, of this you know getting through then it's knockout rugby it'll be i think i believe it'll be the same as last year so it'll be two-legged which would be interesting because yeah. i don't think we've, we've never experienced a two-legged affair before I don't think we as, have. As, as gloucester fans um which you know i think last year it was fantastic i think uh there was a, it, I think other than maybe one or two games, it, would, it was really close. Every single game was going down to the last five minutes where it was a couple of points either way because of the because of the home and away thing. Snowy was looking a bit quizzically, wondering, have we had a double legged? No, well, we haven't because it's not that it's not that old, no. is it? It's no, the only time Go on, Snowy. You... Yeah, it, no, it is, but I'm trying to think further back. It's, it's... I don't think we did, though, because because no. I, I was trying to think this. I can't think, I cannot remember us ever being involved in a double, double legged uh, tie. Um, two-legged tie because the only times you ever really saw that were in promotion uh, relegation yeah. battles um, Snowy's going to check for us now I, um, I don't think I, I remember absurd things like we played Spain when they let Spain into the competition was yes it, I, was, I went to Madrid it was hysterical yeah we, uh, it we was a month like after it was on them or something uh, we, away we put I think we put 50 on them or 40 on them and at home we put nearly 100 and yeah. what was funny about that was that the month before we played them in Madrid they were actually at the World Cup yeah. um, which was that's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, they had Oriole Ripple. If you remember, if everyone yeah, I remember that. Ripple, yeah. say say all sharks. Yeah, yeah. Sail like, I haven't read this properly yet, so I could be wrong before I click it. But it looks like there was a round of sixteen hiking cup first and second leg at some point. I don't ever remember. I, us doing I that, can't because even we weren't in it that much to start with, were we? We played you know? the so the first time we got to any sort uh, of knockout stage was we played Stade Francais in the quarter final of the Challenge Cup. That was definitely a one legged game. Um, we then the next time we got into any knockout stage was when we got to the semi final of the champion of the, of the Heineken Cup and we beat Cardiff in the quarter final and then played Leicester yeah. at Watford. I think we then got into the knockout stages a couple of years later and we lost to Wasps. 
Yeah. Uh, I think then we get, uh, again, similar thing. I think Yeah, we got... these ones are referring to this season as well as second. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, I think, I can't like, yeah, remember us, us ever being be. involved in it. But, uh, you know, if someone if someone is aware of an old competition that we randomly joined at some point um, and we got to a knockout stage where it was two, get, two-legged uh, ties, please, please do let us know. Yeah, I, I think we'll... <sighs> It's going to be interesting to see what we think of Europe this year. I think we've the priority's got to be to get back into it next year, hasn't it? And start consistently getting into it. Yeah. And it, it, that's what has a thing on recruitment. But you've got to learn from the competition. And you want, you know, for the lads, you want those games to mean something, don't you? So, yeah, I, I, the Bordeaux game feels the biggest, really is the biggest game that's going to determine, I think, for me, how seriously we're going to take it. It's, yeah. it's almost a free hit, isn't it? And then we'll be like, right, we'll plan from here what we do. I think if we if we beat Bordeaux, that would make, I think it would make the this year's competition very exciting for Gloucester fans. Yeah. Because it would pretty much mean that every single game is going to matter. Whereas if we lose to Bordeaux in that first game, you can quite quickly see that, you know, Leinster away, what are we realistically going to get away? That would be, I mean, to get anything it's, there would be yeah. a, a great performance. To win there would be almost I mean, dreamland. So, you know, it's it's... I, I hope that we can get something out of that Bordeaux game because it would, as I said, it would make everything quite exciting. Be, being pragmatic, Ed, just looking at our fixtures, we've got tough premiership fixtures either side of it as well. So it's premiership cut before Bordeaux, so doesn't matter. No. But after those two Leinster games, it's Leicester away. The week before, so Leicester away on the 24th. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a big game as well. It'll yep. be interesting. Week before Leinster at home is Bath at home. Mm. And then after the Bordeaux away game, it's Exeter away. So it's big games. The squad's going to be stretched, isn't yeah. it? Which, but I know, suppose it's going to be the same for the other two. Those guys, oh, the other absolutely. teams as well, isn't it? So yeah, that's, the, that's the benefit, other than Bath. <laughs> they're going to be playing like some joke of a team uh, home and away in the Challenge yeah. Cup. Um, the... Um, the final thing of this week's pod um, is just to sort of touch on uh, the success of the England ladies. They're in the final of the World Cup. Uh, they are playing New Zealand at 6.30 kickoff on Saturday morning. Um, and we, we've got to... It, it, well, hopefully, I mean, I, I'd encourage everyone to watch it. Um, you know, half six isn't beyond reasonable i think you can get up for half six and watch a watch a game of rugby and like half three snowy's shaking his head as we say this i'll, I'll probably be stuck watching paw patrol or i genuinely wonder where you were going with that mate because you started with paw and that was a <laughs> that was an interesting i mean decision. it's it's not that bleak in the brooks household yet <laughs> he, he just tries to get in as many episodes as possible before the kid wakes up yeah you gotta follow the narrative it's, yeah. you know you need to concentrate Bluey, that's the one I've heard. Is supposed to be quite good, mate. That's 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 supposed to be that's supposed to be the yeah, new um, that's supposed to be the new one to get he, into. He, he doesn't like that. He's not old enough for that. Oh. Fucking out. Rah rah the lion. There's one called Baby Jake, which when he when that's on, I honestly feel like I'm on acid or my hangover from the one pint of beer I've braved is that bad. Honestly, it's yeah. But we are. Fucking going into some weird ground here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if anyone would like to suggest uh, uh, TV shows, Russ can uh, can watch. Oh uh, God, not with this lot. I I'm going to end up in some seriously dark places. I think. <laughs> um, I I would definitely. I've, I know Bluey's supposed to be good. What's the other one? What's the one with the dog? What's that one? That's uh, Waffle Wonder Dog. No, not that one. 
uh, Hey Dougie. That's the one I'm thinking of. Hey Dougie's good. Hey Dougie's entertaining. I find that very entertaining. I'm, I'm, this is a crossover that's been waiting to happen, isn't it? Rugby fans... Talk about kids shows. Also, the fact that what would be really, really good would be Snowy starts chiming in, bearing in mind he hasn't got kids, because that would be really, that would be a very good insight into his world. I mean, yours is old enough to not know any of these, Ed. Yeah. No, I know. She, she's, (laughs) she doesn't watch any of this. No, I've got to cope with. What's she? She started getting into recently. She started getting into something really random, and I'm like, and I just no, I can't. But she, the the really bad thing is, she starts what she started. As long as she doesn't get into the Kardashians, that's that's my. What we're determining here is the mm. top. We re- when Jim isn't around, we really miss him to talk women's rugby. It is, it is a struggle. There for is me, a I'll lot of yeah. fluffing <laughs> in here. I mean, I it's will the be. World wa- Cup final, no, I, I mean, so I'm. I want to watch it, and I will be, but it will be on highlight. You know, it'll be played back later in the day yeah. on the delay. Yeah, and I genuinely hope they do it. It's just been very hard to follow it in the way I would like to for reasons we've discussed previously about the time zones mm. and everything like that um some of the highlights they've shown are just superb you yeah know, there's been great bits of rugby some really class tries it's, it's it's been really good to watch the limited bits i've seen it's down to time rather yeah. than interest no I, I agree and i think what's going to be interesting is the next world cup is in england <laughs> um i think gloucester are kind of hoping that they'll get some games as we said before um and i think that will everyone's talked about how this world cup has been a could be a, a really important moment for women's rugby i think it's been a missed opportunity just because as you say russ it's been the fact that for for the majority of the world it's a stupid time of the day you know and it, 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 it's very difficult to kind of really get involved and I've, follow it i mean the one i've loved i i rag on rugby league a lot but what I love is how they've done their World Cup this year. That it's, oh, it's been all, brilliant, all, it? all of them together. Mm. So you've got the women's, the men's, and my God, the wheelchair rugby is fucking superb. I, yes, I, I, mean, I never Snowy, knew. I know was, you watched some of that as well the other day, didn't you? Some, you watched some of it? The England Australia game, bloody hell. No, I think maybe it was, was it Loz? I don't it know. Was me, it was yeah. me, I think it was me and Jim. So mm. I, you know, I was flicking through channels. So evenings are where I get to watch telly. Now that fucking Married at First Sight has finished, <laughs> I've got the telly back. And basically, there was, I just saw Rugby World Cup and I genuinely didn't know that they were showing them all together. So I thought, ah, Rugby League, that will do is rugby better than it. And I genuinely could not have picked a better game to watch. It was engrossing, like the skill level and stuff was, that was incredible. Yeah. And it's such a good advert for it. And just to have, like I said, the three competitions all together. And it, it was great to see. And on Twitter, like people like Austin Healy and people were talking about it, about how good it was. Mm. And the other thing I like is it. They, at first I thought it was a proper soundbite. They were going on about how it's the most inclusive sport in the world. But I didn't realise, and like you said, Ed, I'm pretty sure this might be where Jim is at the moment. Is <laughs> people, it's, it's people with disabilities or without physical disabilities. So yeah. us idiots could try and probably die but we oh, could we go get, and we, try we would, and play we wouldn't last and my god minutes. the hits there's this one Aussie guy who I can't remember his name with the best mullet and tash ever mm. literally was murdering people with his hits uh, yeah so but I'm pretty sure the only one I'm uh, stupid enough to try is Jim 
So, yeah. and well, there was it, a guy who was in his fifties playing for Australia. So, well, it, it's it's mixed. It's mixed gender. It's uh, yeah. mixed disability, and and uh, so people who've got uh, physical disabilities and people who haven't got physical disabilities. Um, it's uh, I've seen uh, some people with um, uh, like no arm, what one arm playing. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, I mean, it's genuinely an incredibly inclusive sport. I, if anyone hasn't seen it already, please do watch the uh, hit double hit on the American guy yesterday by the Welsh. That is incredible. Uh, it's also the fact that they then high five them. They high five each other over the body know, of the yeah. world of the American. If guy. he dies, he dies. <laughs> yeah, I, but was, I mean, it, yeah. it's it's a serious point with like with the bemoaning how the women's rugby World Cup has been treated. I mean, at least the the British Bulldogs version of rugby is trying to do something to engage people more. And it's, I mean, it's not hard when their viewership figures are probably two hundred and fifty people. But at least they are trying to find a way to engage. And it certainly worked. I, I would not have watched that game for any other reason than it was on primetime evening viewing on BBC Two. Yeah, well, as we speak now, um, it's England playing uh, Papua New Guinea in the women's competition. Um, and again, it's been brilliant to see these these games uh, played live. Um, and, and actually, you know, you take it for what it is. It's not obviously it's not going to have the same level of pace or, or or power as the the men's game, but you you watch it for what it is, and it's an enjoyable it's an enjoyable watch. Um, Snowy, you're uh, obviously. Uh, firstly, I want to congratulate you. As well, you didn't actually did get a chance to do this last week. Congratulations on your triathlon. Uh, we took we took the mick out of you a little bit, saying it was a sprint, but it wasn't. We know that it wasn't. How, yeah, how no, was... I actually listened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I might listen because I wasn't on it. No. <laughs> what was your experience like over there in, in the states? Yeah, it's really good. Um, sort of made the most of the week exploring. So we're in um, the southwest of Utah, so sort of only an hour from Vegas. So mm. we did Zion National Park, Grand Canyon. Um, actually, where we're staying, St. George in Utah, is really cool as well. Like very outdoorsy, lots of places to walk and run and mountain bike and all sorts. Get stuck. Um, yeah. So I was absolutely... <laughs> I was, I was ill and cooked. It wasn't ideal prep. But... I like that you were like, saying your times weren't fast and your half marathon times after having done the bike and ride and saying you were ill and hot and it was a tough course are still faster than any splits I could ever dream of if I was just doing the half <laughs> at my peak. Yeah, it's all know. relative, isn't it? It is all relative, but yeah, still fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. yeah then yeah. we did Vegas on the way back. So yeah, Vegas. That, that look, I mean, a, a day for me in Vegas is enough. That's not my cup of tea. But no, we I, had a good I, time. I did. I thought that. I mean, I, I, I've, I've done Vegas, and it's um, oh, we did five nights, and so and and Snowy, as you know, oh. I'm not. It's not my cup of tea either. And five nights is two nights too many. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. so uh, yeah, I thought one night was. Would have been fine, um, and um, Jim, Jim could spend four weeks there. I think, but Jim could live there. Uh, <laughs> Jim would well, live and die there. I was going to say, yeah. Jim, it would be, it would be uh, that that film with Nicolas Cage. I can't remember what it's called now, but um, the fear and loathing, it, fear and loathing. Yeah, that yeah. would be Jim. Um, but the the uh, yeah, it was great to see you doing so well, mate. And I know you feel a little. I think you were a little bit disappointed, but um, 
genuinely uh we will all be proud of you and and uh and you did a, a great job yeah i wasn't i wasn't really disappointed i was it was a bit annoying to go into it not full kilter but um mm. i quite quickly readjusted my expectations yeah. and just sort of <laughs> enjoyed it and took in the atmosphere and everything so it was Spoken pretty, like pretty... a true Gloucester fan <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and uh, you know it, it does it i always think to myself now though you know that that obviously you've got you two uh you do regularly do crazy things in terms of fitness and and uh and expeditions and doing cycling swimming and running and then there's me Loz, and me and well jim goes out cycling does jim all that just sort of does stuff. crazy things yeah and then there's me and Loz who are kind of like well we'll, we'll move we'll move house during a mild i think it's crisis. just you actually ed because it is just me isn't oh, it, because now, yeah. even Loz is doing a load of heavy weight lifting and stuff isn't he but, so. yeah what <laughs> you know, he's not here What's annoying about Jim is so, and snow is slightly like this as well. I have to train like sh- fucking anything to be good at these things. I'm pretty sure if Jim just went, do you know what? I'm going to crack out an iron man. He could probably do it. He, you know, Jim not in 2011. He, he, he just, just he could nail it. And I, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we've always joked about he's going to break one day. He's going to break and he'll become, he still hasn't. Like, well, he has you know, kind he, of that. Right, I've spoken many times, yeah. <laughs> but he, he, he's, yeah, he's you know, that's because but... he drank his body weight in coffee. Um, which, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, 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 coffee, not beer. Coffee. <laughs> no, no, no. I've yeah. seen him drink his body weight in beer, and it's amazing how well he functions. I know, it's because it it, the rest of us go amazing. off a cliff. I mean, I've seen Lars on his stag do looking like he's going to die on a train. Mm. And I've seen Jim on a rugby tour wanting to play rugby the day after we were all hammered and dying <laughs> from rugby and wanting to murder him. So that's that's the kind of two extremes, isn't it? You know, yeah, jealous old bunny, isn't he? Just, yeah, uh, he is, he is, he is indeed. Yeah. Uh, right, on that note of ragging Jim, uh, quite rightly as well, uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much, guys. We will touch base uh, after. The, the weekend we've got Newcastle on Saturday three o'clock amazing miracles happen uh, and then obviously we, it does mean that we don't have to we don't have to watch the England Japan game which is really nice um, and uh, so that's good um, and we'll come back and talk about this and then I'm off to Newcastle uh, sorry I'm off to Manchester I should say uh, next weekend for the Rugby League World Cup final um, which means someone gets to my seat in the grandstand for the Premiership Cup game um, and um, yeah but we'll we'll Cover all of that in the next couple of weeks. And uh, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers.